Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's a podcast. We're on a podcast. This is what one sounds like. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Transplaining with me, Jordan Gray, the podcast in which, in the words of our last guest, Lauren Layfield, it's all about considered nonsense. What does that mean? What's she talking about? Well, each week, a special guest brings along one big question about one of life's great mysteries and one very small question about some sort of trivial matter. I then attempt to answer these questions with the help of a very special friend from the world of comedy, whether we know anything about that subject or not. Today's special guest is Fiona Allen, co-star and writer of the seminal sketch show Smack the Pony, who has now uh, turned her attentionies towards stand-up and will be taking a show to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Today, my very special friend from the world of stage and screen. Very, very happy to be here in a room with you. Izzy Setti, you're here now. Hello. Ah. I like that little song at the beginning. It comes out. I, I set myself a rule with stand-up and this that the first 10 seconds has to just be made up. That's not written down. Imagine if that was <laughs> it's just written down. Yeah, with, not, the, with the music. It's just me. Last time it was Batman. I think what usually happens is my producer has to look up whether or not we're allowed to keep those tunes in because <laughs> they are just little songs. That sounded original to me. I'll take that from you because you're a wonderful musical comedian. You've got a good ear for this sort of thing. Right, here's some things I know about you. One, you're nice. You're all nice and funny and very obliging. We met in the company of some wonderful comedians. This is my first television appearance. You was all nice to me. Was it? Yeah, no, no, not television appearance. But you mean a kind of panel, in, a, yeah. in a panel capacity. Uh, we sat and had a little bit of salad. That was nice. Here's another thing I've learned about you in the last five minutes. You experience quite a high degree of schadenfreude when it comes to people getting wet outside during a storm, which yes. is what's happening now. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Indeed. Um, I was eating sushi. Of course you were. And I was gazing out of the window. A sushi uh, restaurant. Presumably. Yeah, there were other people eating sushi in there. <laughs> But not many of us, because oh. the sun was shining and lots of people were sitting on some fake grass oh. outside. Ominous, foreboding. Yes. What happened next? And I was thinking, oh, should I have sat in here? They look so happy. But I'm wearing a sort of 60s mini dress. And I, didn't, I was thinking, oh, God, I would have had to put a cardigan. You know when you're wearing a dress and you don't want to show your knickers and you have to put a cardigan uh, sure. down? Sure. It's also quite a, a sunny dress. And if anything, on a sunny day like this, a bit like a hat on a hat. It's almost like, look at me, I'm a sunny, sunny person. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it, maybe it's a double block. Yeah, I'm going to stay inside with my yeah. sunny dress. Right, so then... So I, did, so I couldn't sit outside because I didn't have a cardigan because it's very hot. So I was like, OK, now I'm going to sit in here and eat my sushi. I was looking outside and I could see everyone sitting around. I was like, oh, I'm so jealous of them. Then suddenly it was like... Have you ever picked up a rock and there's like loads of <laughs> loads of thunder and lightning underneath? Yeah, yeah, loads. yeah. I do. I like that feeling when you see them all living their lives. You've disrupted their whole life, but it's exciting. And they lose their <laughs> shit. They, do, yeah. they just started to scatter when the thunder came. People do surprising things. They do things you don't expect them to do. People kind of try and style it out. I saw two girls who were absolutely soaked to the skin, sure. who were just like in for a penny and for a pound. Yeah. Oh, I feel like a bit of sushi. And I'm going to eat it outside. Also, I think it's an excuse to buy new clothes, which is what I would have done if I'd been caught in it. I would have been like, hmm, maybe I need to buy a new outfit, guys. <laughs> That's my voice when I'm going shopping. Hey, guys, maybe I need to buy a new outfit. 
that's like the voice of a little doll on an advert that, for which you can buy many different clothes. It's true, but it's like an evil... Do you think it's got an evil... Like, hey, guys, it's time to buy a new outfit. And then I'll put you in the cellar. As an audio medium, it's terrifying. But with the visuals, it's quite endearing. With this dress on it. By the way, we've covered this, but it's, it is, I got it from a woman's house, which sounds... <laughs> Um, with her knowledge? Yeah, with her knowledge, with her approval. Um, So yeah, it's um, yellow flowers on a pink base. Tell you what I saw during the storm, Izzy Sati, was a little girl ran into those Bellagio-style fountains. You know the ones that come out the floor? I do. And she was waiting for it to go off and then the sky opened. What must her little brain have thought? Because for her, the little fountains went off and that was the extent of it. But it was like also all of nature well, opened like up. It's like stalactites and stalagmites. Yeah, she didn't know she what was going on. She them to go up and go down. Or she might just grow up with a really heightened sense of what those little fountains are like. She thinks <laughs> the world <laughs> yeah. just explodes. It's so beautiful. Do you know which is a stalactite and which is a stalagmite? Oh, is he sad? Yes, I do. The tight is on the top. Yes. Is that why? Yeah, my mum always told me to remember it by thinking of a pair of tights pinned to the ceiling. That makes makes no sense at all, because the tight's normal place, if if not on your legs, presumably on the floor. Yeah, that's true. So why would you pin tights up? (laughs) She was just, I mean, with all the love in the world, never met her because she was bullshitting you. She She thought tights would work. How do I make that work? But she's wrong. Bless yeah. her. Bless her. And you, but you did remember it. I did. Well, there you go. And I pin all my tights to the ceiling as a result. <laughs> Keep them all nice Can't and dry. abide them on the floor. In this inclement weather, no better place for them. Izzy's a comedian, actor, writer, and a regular on our radios and television sets, uh, perhaps most famously, perhaps most famously, done loads of things. But one of the things that you're known for and I, I absolutely adore you for is your work as Dobby on Peep Show. Can I do one of those things? I'm not going to ask you a question you've heard a million times because that's really annoying. Can I try and guess a question that you've been asked oh, but they yes. thought was the first time anyone's sure. ever asked it yes right. please they might say something like oh are you a manimal or a best-selling flanimal yeah yeah you've been asked that before uh, yes but, i have but not loads but sometimes and they no, always... not loads right. like maybe two or three times right because they think oh i'm the first person to ever ask that i used to work behind the bar at the cambridge theater in L- london's glittering west end oh. when i just graduated from drama school and to make it worse i worked behind the bar and Jenna Boyd from my year, who's a brilliant actress, was in the yeah, show. Yeah. So I used to see her warming up on the other side of the bar while I was chopping lemons going, will I ever work? And Chris Tarrant came in to watch the show sure. and he ordered a G&T and I said, is that your final answer? <laughs> Which doesn't even make sense because he hadn't given me an answer. Like There's so many other things you could have said. Do you want a phone? Friend, Do you want a phone obviously. A friend? Uh, That's yeah. really sweet. I know. Is that your final answer? And to be fair to him, he acted it like it was the first time he'd ever heard Start it. it out. Yeah, That's yeah. just one step from him going, I have a G&T and you're going, but what? Don't worry. Enjoy the show. You've also written extensively for radio and won a prestigious Radio Academy Gold Award for your Radio 4 show, Pearl and Dave, 2013. You're a musician, novelist with Jane Is Trying, available to buy wherever you get your books out of a bookshop, out of some lady's house, like you get your dresses, <laughs> wherever you get your books. The premise of the show is that we bring on a guest and they will ask a big and a small question. We don't need to know anything about them, but we're allowed to bullshit as much as we want. That's kind of the point. Is there any areas of expertise in your life, outside of what I've mentioned, that you maybe feel quite confident oh, in? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I really yeah. like knitting. I feel definitely confident about talking about why I think people knit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's great. What's one reason other than just making a knit some knitwear? Relaxation. Right. Okay. So we're, I feel confident in that. That was a, you said something that you believed about yourself and it was true. Yeah. You know many things about it. What, what about some other things? Anything that you sort of know a lot about? A fair amount about Iris Murdoch, my favourite favorite novelist. Okay. Um, I know a bit about gladiators. <laughs> the um, film or the movement? Oh, the, the original the TV show. Right. Oh, yeah, which you show. might not remember because you're loads no, younger than me. No, it came on just after um, Blind Date. 
It yes, I think it Simpsons, did. Simpsons, Blind Date, Gladiators. Yes. Right. Um, and those are the three questions. Yeah, that they're good. <laughs> okay, cool. I think we're well equipped to deal with this. It's going to be a bloody fantastic episode. Thank you for joining me. Joining us now in the transplaining fish tank, Fiona Allen. Fiona Allen, thanks for coming in to uh, the Transplaining Podcast Fish Tank. How are you? Are you all right? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I uh, was discussing the, uh, Izzy's sort of um, enjoyment at other people's misfortune in the weather and you shared with us that you quite enjoyed the way in looking at people out of your Oh, I did. Window. It what was happens? great. I think I've seen about 150 people get absolutely <laughs> piss wet through and, um, and I did smile at all of them equally. I'm going to say some things about you now, to you, if that's all right, because they're you written can... on a piece of paper and it's all official on that. Say what you like. <laughs> ah, here we go. Here's some things. Smack the Pony aired between 1999-2003 and won two Emmys for Best Popular Art Show. Fiona is a, a relatively recent convert to the world of stand-up comedy and will be taking a show on the run to the Pleasance Courtyard at Edinburgh Fringe this August. That's really exciting. Well done. Thank Me you and very Izzy much. know what that's like. It's scary and cool. I don't know if you did what I did. I had no intention of doing this. I just wanted to do a bit of stand-up because I did open spots years ago, but I didn't carry on because I'm an actress, so I was acting. And then I was, had lots of kids and I was like, oh. So I did voiceovers because it's quick and a bit of writing, stuff like that. And I don't know, I just woke up and thought, oh, I just fancy having a go at it. Yeah. And there's a really weird thing about people in the 50s that, I mean, it's proven that people change their lives a little bit. They do different things. And I just think it's something in us. You know, it's like that old seven-year itch thing. But there's a thing about 50s, it's like most people get divorced in their 50s, most people, and I, I wasn't I even see, thinking uh... about it. And then I was doing the open mic circuit for a year and then I thought, oh, I won't go to Edinburgh because, you know, that's proper comics and everybody's doing proper shows. And I just woke up one morning and thought, I'm going to go. And I just thought, yeah. And then afterwards I went, oh, and now I'm doing it. That's it. You're in now. I'm in now. It's happened. That's the unusual thing about this job is that no one gives you a certificate to tell you it started, do they? No. And I also sometimes think it's your subconscious. It's like instinct, isn't it? Sometimes your instincts serve you so well. It's whether you listen to it or not. Did you have the idea as well at the same time as thinking I'm going to do an hour or were you just like, I know I'm going to do Edinburgh. By accident, it was happening in my stand-up and it was all about me getting out of the house because years and years of working kids, working kids, and I'm a proper grafter, you know, and, and yeah. you know, coming home, learning lines, you know, getting up. One time I was three under five and it was like really hard work and I'd never done stuff so much as like fun for me. And that sounds really like boring, you know, like, oh, moaning. And I'm not moaning because I, I, that's just what I did. And I suddenly thought about stand-up because it really is on, you're on the road. You're you know, on the road and you're on your own. It's an oddly lonely thing sometimes. It, yeah, mm. and it's the hours of travelling and I've gone to all these different places and towns and cities and villages that I didn't even know existed and I couldn't have done that when they were small. I mean, people do and that's no judgement. That's their choice. I personally, I had to just sort of be there for me. I don't know why. My <laughs> kids are four and eight now and I feel like I'm starting to think of ideas for sitcoms and stuff and starting to pitch stuff again whereas before I was just doing yeah stuff I suppose where you have to be slightly less mentally active in a sense or it goes quickly like so like voiceovers or action sure. stuff it's yeah. gone yeah and you end up you're on like, like sort of a treadmill you don't even notice you're on it where you just it becomes completely normal yeah. for you in a day you're rushing you're going into town you're going to sew you're going on the tube coming back you're filming, you come back, you learn your lines, you've got to make sure everything's all right, you get up in the morning, you know, it's you kids, kids you. And suddenly years sort of go by and then you think, oh, hang on, I've just done this and I want to do something else. So by accident, answer to your question, it was kind of in my stand-up, it was all about sort of why I'm doing it. Oh, I'm I'm sort of on the, I'm on the run a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm, it's yeah. like I'm leaving home day by day. 
Yeah, and yeah, I, and yeah. I'm just off in a car. I don't have to share with a dog. And I can <laughs> I can put my own music on and my kids aren't telling me it's sad. And <laughs> and, and I do. Yeah. It's a freedom in a sense. And I feel really strange in a sense because though I watch them and I don't think they thought I was really going to do it. You know, your kids know you do this as a, you, you, what you do as a job, but they don't really notice so much. It's like if you're an actress and they see you on telly, they don't bat an eye, they don't really care. It's a thing. They've just grown up with it. Yeah. But I don't think they realised I was going to do this, like, in a club and then go and write a show. I didn't realise. So by accident, it morphed itself in my stand-up. I'm on a scatterbrain, so I'll go and talk about all different things. And I, I talk about my mum and she's Spanish and my northern dad and, and, my, and my grumpy sister. And, and that's I, and, where your love of accents comes from. We were discussed yes. recently that it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Some things you can pull out of the box. For example, I can, I can twinkle on the old piano. It makes things a bit funnier. Fiona likes to pull out an accent once in a while. Yeah, and, and, and you an know, accent. what's really weird, I, you know, people take the piss out of northerners, but and I grew up in Lancashire in this um, little town. The nearest town was Bury. I was between Bury and a place called Ramsbottom. I was there, so there was not much going on. You go up one way, it's farmland and other. Now I think back, my neighbours were Polish. There was a Swedish lady who lived opposite. Somebody Irish lived opposite. There was another Polish who's an engineer lived around the corner. And my Spanish mum, and I grew up. It was almost like normal to me. So the accents always have been part of, of my growing up. So I used to hear my dad, he's got that real soft rolling R of Lancashire, you know, and, and he'd say a word in a certain way. So my ear as a child learnt to know what that word meant. And then my mum was total me. She's saying the same thing, but it was a very different thing to, oh, to, so to, nice when you to say it, it, you know. Yeah. So I was listening to that word yeah. and it was the same but my dad's was more like that. And, yeah. and so I would listen to understand, like, both of them. Yeah, but it's also yeah. good that you can do the accents because yeah. I can't really do accents, even if I'd grown up. I like with... the idea that you think them. You could think them and just say them even though they're not right. That would make yeah. me laugh. Strong and wrong. Be strong <laughs> yeah, and wrong. That's strong the best part um, you, <laughs> like First that. improv I ever did, and it was regional British accents, and it starts to get a bit more European, and then they will throw whatever... They want at you, and you just kind of have to do it. And it's oh, I thought you meant like literally throwing things if they didn't like it. That was a little bit of that. No, because sure. well, you know there's a new gig. <laughs> you over that? You over yeah. that? They can throw tomatoes at you. The new gig, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Just as you're entering the world of stand-up, you should know that there is a, a night where they famously are encouraged to, and what's the word? Belittle the act, throwing things, yelling things. I mean, it's not common practice. It's just this one specific night. So yeah, it's a big, that. big hoo-ha, isn't yeah. it? Online. So, so you know, we know it takes years to be a stand-up. And how much work and effort's got to go in and they could just be brilliant and they've got to start. So what does that do to you psychologically when you get thrown things? You don't no. accept that at five in school. Why is it okay as a grown-up to have, and people pay to come and throw things at you? Yeah. I think it'll attract acts that, who yeah. want it in a strange yeah. way. Kind of like doing, my wife's about to do the Tough Mudder Marathon, which is a really tough monkey bars. I'm not making it sound hard, but there's it's mud yeah, and barbed so wire. Monkey bars, a swing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a castle. Yeah, sort of stop for a bit of contemplation. <laughs> um, um, really hard marathon and it attracts people that are sort of, what's the word, sadists? Masochists. Masochists. Yeah. They, they enjoy the, the struggle of it. I do know what you mean about the gig. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, I mean, I didn't I even do, do the gong show when I was starting out because... You know, like if you get in a cab and you say you do comedy and they're like, tell us a joke. I'm always like, I do more sort of stories yeah, um, with my three accents that I can do. Yeah. You know, like the idea that I could get up and, you know, when you're talking about lasting for five minutes without someone gong you off or throwing But, but here's the thing. The audience are going to tell you, right, everyone can have a bad gig. So you're starting out, the audience is going to tell you they don't laugh. Isn't that enough? Why do you have to have something thrown at your head? I don't know. Yeah. 
the idea of, of, of taxi drivers asking us to tell a joke, very common practice. I have yeah. to be, I'm being completely honest now, this is not a bit. When I picture that happening, I picture you, Izzy Sutty, and I picture Maria Bamford, either of you in the back of a taxi, and they go, tell us a joke. And you go, well, it's more like a story. It's more like, it's well, sort of, it's shall a long I tell story. you what I say if I get chatting to a taxi driver and they say, what do you do? Yeah. I say, you know teachers? And they go, yeah. And I go, you know they have to teach curriculum? And they go, yeah. And I go, I help order the curriculum in handbooks that are given out to the teachers. And you go, do you write the curriculum? And I go, no. And I go, someone else gives it to me and I decide whether it works best as bullet points or which bit needs to be in capital. And they just zone out. I was going to say, we'll put a bed of music up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me great. do more. Which bits need to go in bold? That's which bits great. need to be underlined? Which yeah. bits Do you know what I do? If somebody says to me, oh, go and tell us a joke, I just go, no. That's I've got that face. Funnier. I can get That's away with that. Gonna... Fiona Allen, at this juncture... Well, it's the convention of the podcast. Would you like to ask me and Esi Sati a big question? The biggest question that you can think of about the nature of the world, the universe. And what's your big question that you'd like us to try and transplain for you? Well, what do you think is the point of black holes? You say it so casually as well. That, that implies that you've got so many big questions. That was just a throwaway big question. No, that's how my brain works. Yeah. I do that like generally all day, but don't Love usually it. say it out loud. Okay, what I would jump in straight away before we get into it is why is that on your mind? Because, do you know, you always get that question in your mind of, Okay, so we're, we're, we're on a planet, but then, then how? Who made the planet? Because we know it wasn't made in a few days and then we had some days off. No, true. Yeah. Um, so what happens with that? And then scientists start telling us things. And I find it really fascinating because they, they find out things about the black hole and they said, well, you know, we're just matter. We turn in the black hole. So only matter stretches and then you get spaghettiized. And so you turn into a piece of spaghetti. And so you go, well, then what? And so scientists are now saying, but there's a white hole that you can go through the black hole it, to the white hole. And scientists are basically have been looking forever for the universe, right? The next universe. The white hole's there, but if you go through it, and you could be there for hundreds of years, for all you know, you yep. go through it, but you're a piece of spaghetti, so there's no fun. <laughs> and you've found what everyone's been looking for. <laughs> and then what? It's like a, a hall of mirrors. Is that really where? <laughs> I, do, I do love this yeah. term spaghetti eyes. Spaghetti I have to say. But also a, a scientific round table and one of them going, yeah, but that's not fun. And they go, you're right. It needs to be fun. That's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, do either of you practice um, any of the teachings of, of the secret or similar teachings, the, um, the law of attraction, that sort of thing? I've read it, but right. no. No, no. And, no, is that like nagging and stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's another school of thought. No, <laughs> the, the secret. What it sort yeah. of is, it really, um, in pseudo-scientific terms, is a misinterpretation of something called the law of attraction where giant celestial bodies move towards each other and it's called the law of attraction and someone's taken that and said, um, and misinterpreted it as bringing things into your life by... Positive thinking. Or... Positive thinking and, and stuff like that. So things like black holes, they're given quite a lot of mysticism, but I think you have sort of hit the nail on the head, really. My scientific description, I'm quite a fan of them myself, is that you mm. do get really squashed. <laughs> That's what happens. You get really tiny, a point of infinite density spaghettified or, or not. I think when you're infinitely small, it doesn't matter what pasta you are, really. But if you're trapped there for... If you were there for, like, a 100 years and not one of your friends has got in there, what a, <laughs> after all that effort and you're just bored You've and got, stretched... Yeah. And also, <laughs> like, if people believe in God, you've got to laugh at that, that if you think he did create the universe... They're hairy, you know. You know <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They're wait. hairy inside. Scientists have proven they're oh, hairy. Um, the um, black hole. Black hole, not God. Not God. God I mean, famously no. with the beard, but God. A black hole is hairy. A black hole <laughs> is hairy. Yeah. Okay, so okay. if there was a God yep. and he's created this universe, then basically he's just made a big black 
bomb holy pasta bomb shape. Holy pasta shape. <laughs> and he said, but it's tantamount. Is he childish then? It's like doing a big knob and two balls on a loo door. I wouldn't yeah. put it past him. I would not put it past you, him. Whichever way you look at it. Just <laughs> sit right. It's a funny thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why is it funny? It's so funny that it's hairy. Yeah, yeah it's really hairy. It seems too small to, for that to matter, but I get what you mean. Imagine getting up really close to it and you rub it and you go, I didn't expect that. It's, oh, it's like, like really this. soft. You've only yeah. got a minute, but then it gets you. <laughs> Sure. But you know when you've been spaghetti eyesed? Spaghetti eyes. I'm pegging the eyes. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please. Okay, you've been, you've been, um, you've been, oh, there's a word. It is called ductilated. Okay, when you've been ductilated, are yeah. you alive? You knew all this time it's the real word is ductilated, and I've no, just, I've, I've, I've just said it. it wrong with the word spaghetti <laughs> eyes. Ductilated. Like a layman all the way <laughs> through it. <laughs> spaghetti eyes is better though. Tagliatelle eyes. <laughs> Penny eyes. Yeah. When you are a ravioli. So your question is, are you alive? Are you conscious? When you're like, are you? Would you survive it? Kind I of don't way? think you probably would. But then you don't know because we're all just matter, and so you don't know. I'd probably. I'd like to think that you are because I'd love that challenge of thinking. Now what do I do? And also like being stuck in there. <laughs> oh, with someone, what do I do? Someone from school that you hated. Or oh something. yeah. And you're the only two in there. The worst school mum in the playground. <laughs> I do that in my stand up. Can you imagine? Oh, I've got all yeah. this way. And um, oh, you used to take the mick out of me because I had curly hair. Well, look at us both now. Yeah. We're both made of spaghetti. And yeah. it's like, it brings people together. But your roots are still showing. <laughs> oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have heard tell of white holes. Um, is that sort of more like a wormhole? I or? don't know um, about the, uh, the white hole. Okay. All I know is to get through to it is what everyone wants. I'm stuck on, what's the point? Because we're squashed. I see what you mean. Right. You see? So That's what they're looking for. It's a scientific to, pursuit. To but... get through it. Because remember, yeah. they never used to know that. Yeah. We were like, you're in the black hole. So what, what happens? Nothing. No one knows. Scientists can't work it out. But now they think it's connected to the white hole. <laughs> but it's too late, is my point. Izzy, did you used to lie in bed at night thinking about this stuff? Do you remember kind of what you used to think about when you were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? Um, Are you saying that was childish? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, used to, I used to think about how big the universe was. Yeah. And I also used to think about that classic thing of, is everyone seeing the same colour that I'm seeing? Do you know what I used to think? Because like, I did. I was brought up in a Christian household and my mum's a bell ringer and church organist. I oh. used to think anyone could be Jesus. And I used to think Jesus could have returned in the guise of the school caretaker or, you know, a twat. That's Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is Buddhism, but I didn't know. See, so you, were, you were rebelling against your Christian mum. She won't listen, don't worry. Yeah, you were rebelling against your Christian mum, but you didn't realise it. You'd become a Buddhist at age, you said, eight. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And yet I think the secret is nagging. <laughs> I think the secret is the game. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's the one. The, the game. game. <laughs> Don't call it a similar thing, guys. <laughs> if, you took the, if you took the wrong book out with you, trying to like pull up a woman on the street, it's going to be very, very different. Oh, you think the white hole is saying to the black hole, you're hairy. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, you're so hairy, but I like it. <laughs> That's a soundbite. That's a soundbite that I need in my life. Um, would you accept what happens when you go in a black hole? As you say, you get spaghettified, but you get really proper squashed. But either way, it's too late and it doesn't matter. Yeah, there it's we go. too late and it doesn't matter. Doesn't and matter you've too. got what we've all been waiting for at the other end and you can't enjoy it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think what a good thing to do now would be is to read some quick fire audience questions. So between the three of us, I think we can offer some quick explanations for some of these questions that have been sent in. Susan Miles from Bournemouth. What is the secret to success? Coming off social media. That sounds good. That's a good one. Yeah. What do you reckon, Fiona? Are you a social media sort of a person? Do you enjoy it? I was a bit late to the party with it because it's a lot of effort. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I do it. And like I'm a big cook. And I made a beautiful paella and I put a picture of it out there and everyone was going, what are you doing? You don't put pictures of paella <laughs> on Twitter. What like, side everyone's... of the fence are you on? I need an opinion. <laughs> so I fail like massively, <laughs> you know, and I'll go past a wild, you know, flower meadow and, and there'll be a breeze and there's like some buttercups floating. I'll go, oh, and I'll do that and put it out on something, you know. So I do it. It sounds like you're putting a lot of positivity out into the world, personally. It sounds yeah, nice. Paella, Meadows and paella. Flowers. I'm happy with that. That's all yeah. I need in life. I don't need no black holes in that. Alison from Canterbury, uh, what's the best chat-up line? I love this podcast so much. This is so nice. When I was in Matlock as a teenager, there was this man we used to call 25. And the reason we called him 25 is because he went up to us, a group of us, once when we were out, because we used to go out to pubs from a really young age. And he said in this accent, even though he was from Matlock, Show, what are you? 15, 16, me, I'm 25. <laughs> and that was the best chat up line I've ever heard. I mean, not because it worked, but just because, uh, yeah. me, I'm 25. 25. Oh, my. Yeah. How did you answer that? We'd all just went, oh, you're too young, I suppose. Ran off, yeah. yeah. I mean, I love that. That is absolutely, that's so funny. I have never had that kind of a chat up line. Yeah. And I think it's something to do with my slight psycho face. <laughs> I think I slightly <laughs> scare people. And no one's ever come up and gone, hey, darling, blah, blah, blah. Never. Because even when I'm happy, there's something slightly like demonic. <laughs> and I, I just, think I've put people off. I think you have quite, if, if it, I may say, quite an inquisitive face and eyes and expression, which is wonderful because we know you to be a wonderful, inquisitive person. But if we don't know anything about you. Weird. <laughs> you dart, dart around quite a lot yeah. looking for things. I do. I am. I. I am. It's hard to. You I know. And I'm no. I'm not ADHD. But I loads of comics are ADHD. Nice. Loads and loads of comics have talked to me and said, "Are you ADHD?" And I said, "I don't think so." And they went, "Well, we are." Oh, well, I am. And you. You really seem like you are. And I was like, "Oh," but I never carried on the conversation because I jumped onto something else. So I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I just <laughs> carry on. But yeah. Um, but I love that. That's a great. That's so funny. Wouldn't it be great to find him now? Actually, oh. Matlock. I bet he's still there. He might be. Because you know, like... I know people in Matlock. They've always been in Matlock. Like they don't go. For no, Matlock. they don't. So do you know Matlock them. does black puddings the size of the base of a pan? No. Yeah, a size of a base of a frying pan. I'm just saying. So that you can fry it. Yeah, all in one. Because in Berry they're just like a horseshoe. 
That was for local Lancashire market. Yeah. And Matlock, size of a pound, couldn't believe it. He said, I'd have put that on Twitter if it was now. Yeah. Yes. And again, it... failed. But I would have felt <laughs> proud of that photograph. <laughs> it would be device. Yes. We'd love it. We'd love it. Um, can I do an impression of the Mr. 25 now? Yeah. How, how old are you now? 60 then. So we, oh, I'm 44, so he must oh, be 54. Should we make him, should we make him 50, um, 56? And what did he, what did he wear? What would he look like? He wore a denim, his... denim jacket. Oh, so we thought um, he was. Yeah. A denim jacket, jeans and a checked shirt. Is it Matthew McConaughey? Is he just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. 25. <laughs> that was bad. I thought I was going to come that out better than good. that. good. <clears throat> no, he's not nice to lie to people, is he? It's, I'm um, 56, 56. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. You've got to ask how old I am, but say 44, 45. Yeah, 44, 45. Ah, 56. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, <laughs> it's terrible. If I was single now and someone did that, I'd find that very funny. Yeah. yeah. I think it's very funny to say to a woman, I guess over, over 38, like, shall one I, yeah, 44, 45, as if, like, hey, cool, yeah. I don't know. And then I for a split it. second you're going, oh, that's really, really funny, and after, like, a minute and a half going, no, no, the, yeah. you, you weren't being funny, <laughs> this is you. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Any chat-up line, the worst, can be really funny if it's done ironically. That's really funny. I can't, I'm terrible at being able to tell if people are flirting on account of when you are a comedian, you just assume everyone's always just having a laugh. Yeah. Like that nothing's real and everything's yeah. an illusion. So I, unless someone, best chat line for me would be like, I like you and I'd like to engage in some further physical activity with you on account of that liking <laughs> of you. That would that'd be it for me. That, that but pithy. I don't well, need Written to down, typed out and passed to you. <laughs> even yeah. that, even that, yeah. No, you're right, because then it's empirical. Then, yeah, I, yeah there's no accent involved. I've heard it, I've, I've not misheard yeah. something. It's You've good. got it as proof yeah. as well. Little business card, I like you very much. <laughs> proof they liked me. Yeah. yeah. I suspect then the answer to your question, Alison Canterbury, what's the best chat-up line? It's a business card. Amelia, Grant, <laughs> what's the best day of the year to be born on? Well, I have a th- theory about this. You see, you sort of go, oh, Friday, because then you've got all weekend to celebrate your birthday, but it's not going to stay on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then, then eventually you're going to be like, oh, it's my birthday, have a birthday to me, oh, it's yeah. Monday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's no good. So the only days that doesn't change is like yeah. Christmas Day, New right. Year's Day. Yeah, we go, We've yeah. only got four options. They're the best days because the rest of the days we think they change. they're going to change. Yeah. You know I mean? So New Year's Day is not going to change, is it? What you'd like in a birthday is consistency of being able to celebrate. But you are, of course, going to be competing with the other holiday on that See, day. That's but... the problem. My friend yeah. was born on Boxing Day yep. and I think it's a bit of a drag because yep. people give her like joint... Christmas and birthday presents. I'd send a polite note out though, saying I'm not being rude. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to tell her to. I do mean, that. I want. I don't think if you say it nicely, yeah. and you haven't got my face, yeah. that thing. I think that's fair enough. I think like, it's you fair know, enough. Be respectful. I wouldn't send you a joint present just because yeah. you're 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 born in May. Oh, lucky you! So don't do the same to me. I think that's like only fair. Politely say not on. There was a girl in my school called Lorna Dunn. And she was born on a leap year. She was born what? Oh, so no. she was born on the last day. Mm. I always forget what it is with leap years, but yeah. the yeah, last no, day mm. of the leap year. So she used to be able to say, "Oh, I'm actually four when she was at." You, oh, you she know was what I mean? born on, on the 29th of February. Yes. Right. Right, right. So she actually only had a birthday every four years. Is that right? Yeah. Well, See, yeah. I just think her mum's just being mean. I don't ignore that and just do the proper birthdays. That's and just a scam. Yeah. Don't, don't think yeah. her mum only gave her a party every three years. <laughs> I think, every four years. <laughs> she's a sorry. But I used to... I don't think 
the rules. But I think there's a shift. We should do a shift because I remember being about seven and cogitating about the birthdays and remembering I had a great time. What was that word that you just used? Cogitating. I've never heard that word. That's a wonderful word. What does that mean? Oh, it just means, you know. Think about stuff. Yeah. Oh, great, thank you. And and, and I was thinking then, you know, it was a shock to me because, like, nobody tells you, it sneaks up on you that your birthday on the Friday where you did something great and then the Saturday was great and then you realise as it goes by, oh, it's not Friday anymore. I remember being really annoyed. Yeah. (laughs) Really annoyed. And I thought, well, why don't we just choose a day? And we could all choose the day. Some people are Monday fans. I was a Friday fan. In European countries, they have name days rather than birthdays. You have both, but you celebrate the, the day of your name that comes around every year. So they have Stefan Day and all the Stefans have their day on name, name day. Oh, I thought you meant you celebrate your birthday and the day that you your parents registered your name because that's often a different <laughs> but day. But hang on, what if... Yeah. That's all right if you're from a time when everyone's called Stefan. Exactly, yeah. Or, my son is actually called Stefan. Is he really? Yeah, so it's so funny. that we, He you loves Stefan, Stefan Day. day. <laughs> I think, yeah. But now if but you've you're got right, like millions got, of... Yeah. names. How do you do yeah. that? There's no Xander Day. You'd have to have a day where all the people with unusual names celebrated, but you'd be lumped in. I'd with... love to go out that day. Imagine <laughs> imagine the type of people that are filling the pubs on the day when your name is weird. Yeah, no. All those people. Especially people who've changed it by Dean yeah. Paul to be weird. I'm the only one in the whole pub. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got um, a, co- a coffee here for Spider-Man and then six people put their hands up. Oh, yeah. Just, you yeah. have to go back yeah. and change it again. Damn it. <laughs> Can I ask you a question that is pertinent to this one, the two of you? Where in the school year were you born? Like, were you the older or the younger of your... I would Sorry, say I you talk, were older talk, for your year. I'm August. And I feel like if we were at school, I'd do whatever you said. Like, if you said, <laughs> let's go and smoke a You'd be in charge because me. you're I'd be like, yes, older. Fiona. I'm going to do it because Fiona no, said No, I'm, I'm March. You know, there is a, di- there is a there difference is a when you're little. It's just, it really yeah. makes a difference. Well, that difference is the reason I think we... Uh, of all the questions, I think we can give this one the most logical answer because the day that you were born affects when you are in the school year. You're either the oldest or the youngest in your year. That has a huge effect on your development. And my producer was telling me there's research to suggest that of the great athletes, I think they took a pool of ice hockey players, but I imagine it, it applies to loads. Those kids that were the highest in the year, that developed faster, were better at the sport. Doesn't mean they grew up to be better because we all get grown up at some point, but they were praised more for being better and therefore went on to practice more and become the greatest athletes because they were the oldest in their year. Therefore, more developed, therefore more more able to play. And it's really unfair because the younger ones in the year, they might need another... Because all kids develop at different times. Yeah. And they might need that extra 12 months to just find themselves in whatever. And I think they should just, if they could do smaller classes and put them in six-month groups. We had a, a, Mm. a, a white Zimbabwean fellow called Ross in our hockey class and it was a, a very much a health hazard being out there on the pitch with him. It was not normal or fair to be out there because he was the most loveliest guy <clears> in the world but he'd murder you with that ball. Yeah. yeah. Just without with the flick of the wrist. Um, most questions aren't particularly gendered but I do think this one maybe has some gendered bearing to it because developing faster when you're a boy what is what I'd done because I'm transgender and that so I was a boy you wanted to get bigger quicker that was a good thing uh, in many different respects. As a girl growing up the development of the old boobs and that, does that not become make turn you into a bit of a social pariah earlier than you'd like to be? Or was it a good thing? Well, I went to an all-girls convent grammar right. school. It just wasn't a thing. Yeah, I'm, I, I had a, I often... So I had boyfriends since sort of 11 onwards. So I don't remember it being a massive deal that my boobs grew and then me feeling like, like a woman. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't remember suddenly going, oh, God, I've, I was just like... But I, mean, I didn't like it. 
I got stretch marks on my boobs because they grew so quickly. Like, they just seemed to pop up overnight and I was really embarrassed about those. Like, <laughs> Sorry. So it made no... Wait, so it made... <laughs> pop up overnight. <laughs> I've just got this image. You go to bed in your little PJs and you yeah, wake up the next day going, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it did feel like that, though. Yeah. It did. But I was going out with a lovely boy and now I just don't even think about it. So, but that's the thing about growing up, though. As a woman, you get. I just think you don't care. I don't care. Yeah. No, I don't care. Somebody said something about bingo wings. I don't care. We all get them. We all get older. Who cares? Bless my my partner's from the Czech Republic, and the other day she doesn't understand British colloquialism, so you'll get things like, "What do you think about this bag of apples?" And she means like. How do you like them apples? And she oh. heard the phrase bingo wings the other day and she gave me an explanation for it. There was nothing to do with what a bingo wing was. Bless her. I'll remember it before the end of the show. The was reason... it to do with eating chicken wings at bingo or something It was like that. something like that. Right. It was like because yeah. at bingo they have the... I'm like, you don't... Love it. Yeah, it was so, so adorable. Yeah. Um, so... Just take a picture yeah. and send that. You'll, be... <laughs> You'll get it. <laughs> Oh, this is what she's like now. <laughs> oh, she's doing great. Um, let's do one more quick fire question because it's been in my brain since we got here. What are you actually supposed to do in a thunderstorm? Since we've just seen one, we've all survived, so we've all made it. But what are you really supposed to do? Because I've heard conflicting advice. What my mum says in Spain, you know what you never do? What, what the instinct is, is to run under a tree and shelter. Right. It's the worst thing you can do because lightning will strike you there. Yes. And so many people used to get killed because in a storm they'd rush under a tree until everyone worked out you can't do that because electricity gets drawn and, it, and that's how you get killed. So oh, it, right. basically in a, in a, on a golf course, not that I play golf, I'd rather pins in my eyes. Anyway, um, you're supposed to like throw your golf stick away because it's metal, obviously, and then lie out in a in a sand pit if you whatever they call bunkers. Whatever. <laughs> There's all these rules. It's not what you think. You think you're supposed to go and run yeah, under the tree. So as my mum would always say, "Don't run under the tree. It's a stupid. You will die." And so don't do that. There's a scientific way of saying that. Yeah. That that's my way. I much prefer your you and your mum's way. That sounds great. But the thing is, yeah, just don't go under don't a tree. Go under a tree. You were yeah. in the car because I've had lightning go on my bonnet. Really? And I've had I've lightning crack into my um, garden near a tree twice and I'm like, oh, Jesus, a sign. Well, at least you've got rubber tyres, you see. Yeah. yeah. Wear a lot of rubber. <laughs> and don't go under a tree. All right? You're all right, Fiona. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is like, just as a storm coming and I'm just, yeah. you know. Just, just in case of a storm and I know there's not been one for a year. Yeah, but you're not bully wetsuit on and go to the shop and find something. Don't. <laughs> The, all the advice, it all sounds very practical, but when you put it all together, I'd be embarrassed to be the one, they're all running for a tree. Mm. I would, because of social convention, run with them rather than on my own, lie down like a yeah. starfish and go, this is all you're supposed to do. I'd be too embarrassed to do it. I wouldn't. But you know what I've started to do in the boot of my car? <laughs> sounds really weird. <laughs> I've got like um, an umbrella in case I broke down because I have and I wrecked my car. So now I've got right. like a little quilted thingy in case I get freezing. A little poncho. And yeah, like I a thing, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I have that just tucked there. I might not even months, but just in case I need oh, it. Yeah. And, I, and I am stress free with weather. I don't care. That's great. I mean, we were terrified about what was going to be in the boot of your car. A rain poncho is quite, quite okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, quite, I quite like them. Yeah. I love watching lightning I love seeing lightning yeah. on the horizon me too we went away in lockdown we went to an Airbnb in Hemel Hempstead my family were like why are you going to Hemel Hempstead because we could meet up with everyone do you remember when you couldn't see oh, yeah, yeah. it was like there was a big garden so we didn't have a garden then so we were like right okay 
and there was a thunderstorm and my kids, that's what they remember about that the whole of lockdown, actually, watching this thunderstorm oh. from this Airbnb because it was so exciting. I think it is exciting. You're a psychologist. What do your kids remember? Yeah. Yeah. A thunderstorm, yeah. you? A thunderstorm as well. A thunderstorm, yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> a little rouse at home. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I've always had in my head the image that a tree is the ghost of lightning trying to make its way home. A tree is a ghost of lightning trying <laughs> I mean, to make its way home. Do you home. know what I mean? Like, I so like it lands, this. And then it's and then slowly... And it kind of goes... Those dead trees, because it's the exact... It's a fractal pattern. The same as what's in our veins and the same what's in a leaf and lightning and a tree. It's a fractal pattern. So that lightning that comes down, it strikes, and then it slowly just is trying to get back, and it's a dead lightning trying to get home. Oh, oh. that's like a fairy tale. Yeah, I don't think that's. Oh, really I mean, I don't happened. know if it's right. I feel like if you plant an acorn, like a tree grows. Yeah, but, but what that yours could is ruin the poetry. Of what, what about I said? haunted trees? A lightning trees. trying to get home. Wait, 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 wait. Haunted trees. A lightning trying to get home. Oh, Do you know trees try and help each other? Pithy. You know, tree. tree... <laughs> <laughs> Trees try and help each other, you know, when they're in trouble. They all try and help each other. It's what absolutely do you do fascinating. For... If you... I know, I know. I love trees. I hug my olive trees. I've got a little mini olive grove. I've grown like quite a few olive trees. I hug yeah. them. People think I'm a bit odd. No, I love nice. them. Brilliant. I feel something. I don't know what it is. That's nice. What Beautiful. do you do if you're a tree when there's a lightning storm? Because you're already a tree. You this can't get brilliant. under a tree. I, if I was a tree, I'd be like, oh, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already dead trying to get yeah. away. Um, Fiona Ellis, at this point in the show, uh, can I ask you what your small question is? Have you got a small question for me and Izzy? I have got a small question. Is yeah. Why has my local supermarket not got Vimto? Are they being northeast? And okay. And I knew the answer, but I wanted to make a point. And right. I said to somebody who was stuck in the show, excuse me, I can't seem to find the Vimto. You know, have you got Vimto? And they went, no. And I ask about every three months just to think it might filter through. But the most annoying thing was, she said, um, we don't have Vimto, but we've got Ribena. Oh, what's she talking oh, about? Oh, no, that's just how? the same colour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, a, how could you even join the two? Yeah, they mean different things. No, it really is totally yeah. wrong. Yeah. And I take my Vimto seriously. It's a beautiful, beautiful taste. I remember when I first met, I came to London and the water was different than in the north. The taste is different because it's hard water. And I made the Vimto taste a bit weird. And one of my friends came down and he brought some northern water. I was like, oh. <laughs> little, things, there, yeah. little things. Little um, things. Has the shop ever had it? Has it stopped stopping yes, it? Yes, and it stopped. Oh, OK. So, so I went to another one. Yeah. A two minutes drive, loads of Vimto. So I've swapped supermarkets. I remember Tizer falling out of fashion. I used to love me a Tizer. I mean, they're different. Uh, I, I know quite like Tizer though. But they are good, but Tizer's good, I right? I like Iron Brew. Love yeah, I was going to say Iron Brew. I'm not, I don't see that done here very much. No, it's a northern thing as well, I think. Or Dandelion and Burdock. I love Dandelion and Burdock. Yeah, I do. Oh my gosh. But you know, Vimto started to get a bit silly where they started to mess about with the flavours. <laughs> oh, with the, yeah. oh, they tried to do Edition. like, oh, Vimto and Mango. No, no. <laughs> that's not right. A little bit of lime in everything now. Yeah. Why is everything not quite right? And it didn't work. I'm not being rude, but ha, I'm glad. And it went back to proper Vimto. Can you use Vimto as a mixer? Can you mix it? I like... just have it pure on its, like, I can't mix it. I wonder then if it would go quite well with vodka, wouldn't it? Yeah, a little Vimto bomb, you know, oh, you can bomb it. I don't anything. like vodka, really. I'm not no. a vodka person, but I um, I could try that. <laughs> I could try that and see if that yeah. works. A Jaeger toe, a Vimto Meister. You know, like oh, a Jaeger Vimto bomb. Vimto Meister is a great Vimto word. Meister. I mean, yeah. Guinness with Vimto. 
Well, people put Guinness in black, don't they? Yeah, I remember doing when I worked in pubs in in Derbyshire. Everyone used to have Guinness in black, and a Mickey Mouse that was Guinness, and you'll have listeners screaming at the <laughs> at the wireless. I um, mean, if the black hole stuff didn't already get him enraged, this is gonna. <laughs> Can't remember what Mickey Mouse yeah. is, but it was Guinness and something northern. So, Vinto, when you say it, it does sound like an exotic treat for me. And I think I was just wondering if that is a geographical thing or not for I you. Wonder. I mean, I, I think remember Vinto from northern. my, my is childhood. He's knocking them back with Guinness. I mean, it's funny with Matlock because we're quite close to Derby and Leicester, but we do consider ourselves northern in a sense. And obviously, for you, you probably wouldn't consider me that northern, but you only have to go south. Oh, I do. Oh, good. Good. Thank you. <laughs> I do. Um, but actually, do around that... Leicester, that might be where Vinto tails off. If you were to draw a Vinto map. Yeah. I agree. Now I was talking to a comedian. He was from Leicester the other day, and I was I was taking the piss out of him, and he looked scared. And I went, "No, I'm taking the piss out of you." And I said, "You'd get that, wouldn't you?" To the northern comic, and he just went, <laughs> "Yeah, it's a northern thing, yeah. right?" And he said, "Yeah, but I'm Leicestershire, so I'm a bit northern, I'm a bit southern." And I went, "No, you're not. You're Leicester." Shut that down. <laughs> yeah, they've no, got their own. Yeah, it's a yeah. different thing. Yeah. Something that you may notice touring as a stand-up, and I suspect me and Izzy have had experience in this. The further afield you go, I broaden more and more and more and I've started to shave off any sort of references to anywhere that's particularly local. I just got back from Australia and I didn't realise they didn't have Yorkie bars. They don't have the Chuckle Brothers. So so all that stuff's now gone from the set because I'm trying to build this thing that can work in any room. I did a show in Sydney and I felt so northern. I didn't just feel English. I felt really northern. I realised how many references there were in that show to Things like it was set in Summerfield Supermarket in Matlock, my first show, which is the one that I took there. And there were, yeah, there were things like Watsits and Smarties that maybe they have Smarties over there, but I had to go through the whole thing. And, and I didn't like doing that really. I don't really like gigging abroad generally. It's an odd experience because uh, you you are sort of compromising on something that is unavoidable. Yeah, you, and you feel yeah. like you're sort of having to cast a critical eye over stuff that's quite instinctive, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Like, all our ideas for stand-up, they come from us. And sometimes, I'm sure you two have this as well, like you come up with an idea and you've put something in perhaps from your childhood and it's kind of all woven in. And then I don't like looking at it from the outside and going, oh, what will they think of that? I hate working like That's that. That's really interesting, yeah. actually. So you've got to really sort of edit your, edit yeah. your set. Just and... because if they don't understand a yeah. reference, they can lose the whole thing. Isn't that our job? Is not to provide things that are easily understandable by their nature but to make what we want to say as understandable as possible we can be as unique and specific as we like but they have to know what we're talking about even if it's really really weird that's our sort of job well i suppose that's the thing if i ever did go and work abroad that's something to think about it makes sense i guess yeah unless unless you're completely universal and you don't purposely put references maybe people don't i do think over here we are if you, especially if you want to do Edinburgh and stuff and you want to do more than 20 and mm. um, 20 minutes in the clubs, you sort of are working perhaps more kind of creating something personal. Very idiosyncratic we are as a people. Yeah. We're all sort of our own shape and our own oddly, you know, our own little flavour of a person. You know, like when you see very new people, because I think this happens more when you're new because you're nervous and you're trying to get it all out and you're trying to figure out kind of who you are on stage. You miss out one crucial bit in the setup, and then it doesn't get a laugh. And it's not that it isn't funny; it's just that the audience just genuinely doesn't understand what's going yeah, on. They just miss something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. nine out of ten times, that's always the setup wasn't there. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mm. yeah. right. My producer has whispered into my ear that there is a Russian version of Smack the Pony out there. Are you aware of the Russian Smack the Pony adaptation, Fiona? No, but I'm not going to argue with the oligarch. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Russia. Um, <laughs> 
Just thought, it, you know, with your version, fondness. as in they've got people trying to do Smack the Pony, or have they put, Ooh, have they put exactly. Russian voiceovers, voices on it? He's going to tell me right now. Is it? Give me a little nod if it's the first one. It's a full on re adaptation, a Russian version, a Russian knockoff of Smack the Pony. I really need to know what it's called. He's going to tell me in a minute. Um, I just thought perhaps that you'd find that interested and curious given your love of accents, and now you're potentially going to be, you know, touring around. I'm going to look at that. And I'm going to yeah. do something about it because I'm that feisty. <laughs> I don't way. care if I get poisoned. They're not running that. No way. That's a great way of saying I'm going to watch some television. I'm going to look at that. Yeah, I'm going to look That's at exactly that. What yeah. want. I got a bit of fire in my eyes there. Oh, interesting. So in answer to your small question, why is your supermarket not got Vimto? I do think it's a personal attack on you and it can't be anything else. What do you reckon, Izzy? Um, yes, I think that too. I think we need to start a campaign. <laughs> do you know what I might do? I might buy a couple of crates and I might just go in there. <laughs> yes. It's, and I'm going to start stacking the shelves. Yes. Bit by bit. Be. So yeah. that's the opposite to when Bridget Christie took down the porn mags and stuff from because she was going in with her kids and there was all this porn these porn magazines she right. just uh, took them all down I think I've got that right but it was something something with boobs on it she <laughs> took them sure. all away I can't imagine uh, there's the, many things that have boobs on apart from a porn magazine in there yeah, so it's probably that's probably time <laughs> yeah. we're going in a different direction um, but I love yeah. that uh, you're taking something in because yeah. that's like the opposite because also if they scanned if you took an individual cans of Vimto stack them on the can, shelves if can. you can Oh, yeah, sorry, bottles. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry, there bottles. There you go. Oh, my God, that was had it so for a while, Fiona. <laughs> I think I need to go now. Forgive so... me, Fiona. <laughs> um, in the South End, about... we just have them in little bags, like you carry your fish home from a thing. So, it's that, yeah, we so have you... different containers. So you're taking the bottles, not the cans. You get a uniform for the shot. Mm-hmm. No one it's will question you. by the way. Okay, great. You get <laughs> so a Waitrose it's uniform. Waitrose. I'm going to go in and Online. bombard Waitrose with bottles. Right. And if you go in in a uniform, you could buy one off eBay. Yep. I wonder how far those bottles could get. You could watch and see if someone put them in and they'd scan because they've got a, bar- a barcode is universal. I think this is really brilliant. Well, and they, they sell them in Sainsbury's is round the, ne- round the corner. So I will do that. I'll get someone to secretly film me. I'm going to send it just to you two to prove I've done it. But this is an Edinburgh show. And I'm going to put it in the yeah. middle shelf. You know they do that trick? They do supermarkets put their own brand at a certain level so you yeah. see that first. Right. Gone. Vemto. It's a wonder that the porn magazines don't sell as well because they're really up there, really high. I know. Yeah. I know. Bridget saw something there and she <laughs> felt the need to move The thing home. is her kids were never going to be going. No, no. <laughs> they were only going to be looking at, look, there's Twinkle, get a free bracelet. Oh, where did Twinkle come from? Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you both so much for joining me on this episode of Transplaining. I've had a right, nice, lovely time and I feel like we've explained lots of stuff to lots of people. It's been unusual and that's a good thing. You can follow Fiona on Instagram at underscore Fiona dot Allen and on Twitter at Fiona Allen Tweet. She will be at the Pleasance Courtyard at the Edinburgh Festival, uh, Fringe Festival this year from the 2nd till the 20th of August with a show on the run. We both wish you very well on that. Thank you very much. Yes. Very, very uh-huh. exciting. <laughs> I've got here in big capital letters, Izzy, is there anything that you'd like to plug? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I said, come off social media, but actually I have still got my Twitter account. Um, it's sure. at Izzy Sutty. Um, <laughs> um, also, <laughs> God, what's happened to my voice? Um, and also, I would like to plug my book, Jane is Trying, which is a novel about a woman trying to find um, her way back to peace. Bloody love ah. Available wherever you get your books. Transplaining is an off-script production produced by Ben Backhouse and executive producer Louise Berry. Izzy Sutty, thank you very much. 
Thank you. That's really, I do it deliberately because sometimes people don't say anything and sometimes they carry oh, on. Oh, yeah. It's I really just sick. said thank you. Thank you. Fiona Allen, thank you very much. <gasps> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Jewel and Grace. That was the podcast, what we was all on just now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.